this is the 86th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Bernhardt. With me, as always, are my dear co-hosts Robinson Zien and Christopher Wikström. Warm welcome to you, dear listener. Hello, Magic players. Hello, friends. How are you doing? Stockholm Legacy Report can be found whenever we released on the Top Decked app. This episode will be mostly about Robin, who made a hero trip to Eskilstuna last weekend for the Legacy Tournament we mentioned at the end of our last episode. We're gonna go round by round to see if Robin fared well and if he represented the podcast to the best of his abilities. So let's head right in to start off before the actual games. Uh, which deck did you bring? I have been... Quite busy at work, and unfortunately, I'm going to miss next Thursday and the big legacy event at Alpha Spiel. So I felt like I really needed to get away and play this tournament, and uh, managed to get a ride in the car to Eskilstuna. It's just one hour drive away, so it's pretty close to Stockholm. But I was the only player from Stockholm, except for my two car mates who were the arrangers of the tournaments. Mm-hmm. They run a store in in Eskilstuna. A couple of friends run a store, and uh, two of them live in Stockholm and do other things uh, on the side. One of the things that they do, I should mention, is they have a podcast about Magic the Gathering in Swedish. It's called the Poor Stacken, and I was actually a guest on their last episode where they talked about legacy. We're going to post show notes in our Discord. Great. So we had a nice ride there. The tournament started off at noon. And I brought the trust... I actually brought two decks because I was like... I, c- I couldn't decide what to play. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought like the, the Naya the Depth deck to have something very familiar. But I was also super keen on playing something different. And I brought Delver. So which one did you end up with? I have a guess... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it became Naya Depths. My boy. Yeah, it was very casual. It was proxy friendly. There was just five rounds, and uh, like uh, the prizes were split according to the standings, and there was no top eight. And it was not a sanctioned event, so they were not using the app, and there were no actual judges uh, at the tournament. So it was qu- quite casual, I should say. But I didn't feel like playing. Failing with Delver, I should say. <laughs> so I was going with what I had more reps with. Unfortunately, in the first round, I get paired against the Dane, as we say. I got the buy. Oh. Oh, that made it possible for me to scout the meta. We will get back to the meta a little bit later. But I saw that I have made some sort of correct decisions when it came to card choices and deck building and sideboard and all of that. Quite a lot of artifacts. I saw one or two painter players and two eight cost players. Spooky. Quite a lot of reanimator and a lot of Atraxas in the room. It was show and tell, it was natural order and it was reanimator all playing Atraxas and Atraxas were entering the battlefield left and right the whole evening. I think that's one of the things that's always funny when they're printing new actual you know playable fatties as we call them Mm. it's always a joy to put a new stupid creature into play in an unfair way so hearing about atraxa being printed and played in like a variety of different decks it scratches that legacy itch that i really enjoy i'd rather see that than that archetype of endurance bullshit and stuff like Mm. that just do stupid things love it but one thing that is a little bit funny is that uh, show and tell can be quite a horrendous matchup for naya obviously you have your pyroblasts in the board 
but that's about it. Like, okay, you have Caracas, but if they have Omniscience, for instance, or if they have a sneak attack with two red mana so they just can replay it, then it's pretty difficult to to beat that kind of deck. But now you can play Thassa's Oracle Hate, also doubles up as Atraxa hate, right? Something that uh, Nullrad, oh no, not Nullrad, but what is it called? Oh, is this your creature? Is it a Torpor Orb creature, or is it exactly. straight up Torpor exactly. Orb? Exactly. I mean, it could it could be either, but uh, like just a Torpor Orb effect that prevents the entering the battlefield trigger to happen is is quite powerful. Funnily, I actually was paired against a regular Sneak and Show in my second match for the day. He also had sort of a buy, or actually it was a, a player that was running late and uh, was fixing with his uh, proxies, printing them and uh, <laughs> cutting them from the sheets and all of that. <laughs> so uh, so he, he got uh, like a tardiness loss. And so my player, I hadn't been able to scout my player. <laughs> That's great though, like there's a tardiness loss because you, were, you didn't have time to Cutting. cut up your proxies. Don't skip kindergarten, kids. I mean, this is the reason why you need to stick to the kindergarten hours, get those scissor skills up so you can proxy in tournament in the future. Yeah, because the funny thing was, like, if I understand correctly, there is not a really big legacy crowd in Eskilstuna, but there are quite a, a lot of Magic players, and they were all quite keen to to try out Legacy in, in a, a little bit more competitive but still com- like casual environment and proxying up the deck. Then a lot of players came from Westeros and Uppsala so we were actually 28 players Ooh. in total. Mm, that's yeah, very that's nice. No, they run a good crowd there. I, I was yeah, so sorry yeah. to miss this. I had no chance of going but I really would have wanted to. Yeah, I mean if we had come two cars from Stockholm it would have been a big event, right? Yeah. We would have been like almost 40 people. That would have been cool. But anyways, he starts with cantrips. And he fetches all of his volcanics. I don't know if this is a, a little bit like not knowing how legacy works, but if you play against a Maverick-esque da- deck, you can always fetch your your basics uh, early, so you can make sure that you get your mana under you. And I see this opportunity, of course. I crop for Wasteland. He has the fov, fov for that, but that also takes away some of his his cantrips and the staying power. Eventually, he gets up to to enough mana to play a sneak attack. But he doesn't have a fatty to companion it. And I make Merit Lich on that following turn and kill him. And of course in game one I don't really have a lot of things to do. I I can fetch the Liberator to kill the sneak attack, that's it. But I need a a fast Merit Lich, so that was my only plan in that game. And then in game two he do the same thing. He fetches his Volcanics and I keep a double Wasteland hand. So I just waste his first land drops. And then he stumbles a little bit on his mana. Eventually he finds a Blood Moon that he costs and I have a f- open fetch and a mox in play so I could actually ignore it but I also have a force of vigor in my hand and I, I do vigor it uh, but I could have fetched up the, the forest and just kept the vigor to make the merit lage through the blood moon it's a beautiful play anyway I vigor it and just one turn later or something like that I, I managed to make merit lage and kill him so uh, a little bit lucky I should say sneak and show is uh, quite a rough matchup even though I have like something like 10 cards to bring in, none of them are super good. The blasts are good, of course, but a lot of the other cards are a little bit like Force of Vigor. Yeah, you know. But yeah, off to a good start. Winning 2-0 against Sneak and Show. Then in the third game, I'm up against 8 cast. And this is a player that did beat me in Norrköping. Last time we were there playing the tournament. Oh ho! 
Oh ho, so it's a rematch. In game one, he has a lot of cast effects and just draws a lot of cards and have a lot of artifacts in play and big fucking constructs that just kill me uh, <laughs> before I get to do anything. Like he drew it up. Yeah, like he drew it up. I mean, and that is usually how eight casts game one. Yeah, that's pretty hard game one for Naya. It is. And again, I have a lot of things to bring in. Actually, one of my flex slots is, uh, you know, I've been talking about how last time I ran two collector oof, and that was probably a mistake this time. I run a meltdown to accompany the double force of vigor. Mm. So I'm ready for this matchup. Ready indeed. Yeah, so he, he starts with a land playing needle, and on turn two he plays a saga, and I respond. Uh, the needle says there's been stage, or maybe it's reclaimer, I don't really remember. But I, respend, I re- respond to the saga trigger with the vigor to kill both the saga and the needle. Then I manage to land the liberator, and I think I have screwed his on a man a little bit, so he doesn't do a lot. And the liberator managed to flip. Oh, yeah, that slides out. Yeah, that slides out. And then in game three, I again play a little bit of more controller role. He has a Psy that he keeps playing. I have a Krakas, so I respond to his artifact each turn. So he can only make one little Thopter. But of course they can be annoying. I get the knight down. But he has a needle on wasteland. And his own Caracas. And of course those stray thopters as blockers. So I, I have to do a lot of things so to say. To, to get to the Merit Lage. At this point time is called. And I have a liberator that I've been meaning to try to flip again. Because it was so powerful in the game too. But I decide I, I need to do this quickly. So I sack it to kill the needle. I use the knight to fetch up a wasteland. And I waste his crackers so that the next turn I can be ready for Merit Lage. And uh, my Sylvan Library reveals the meltdown for me. (laughs) So I draw that and pass the turn. He makes another little thopter. And I get to make Merit Lage with my knight fetching up the Dark Depths. And then on my turn before I attack I can just sweep all the artifacts and thopters with the meltdown. So yeah. Very good, killing him in like time, turn three and on time or something like that. Very nice. With Meltdown, that's beautiful. With Meltdown, that's yeah. That's a pretty good Plague Wind. <laughs> yep, yep. So that was cool. I'm 3-0 and from there on. Good start. Next opponent, I'm up against a player that beat me when I was on lands at BSK, the Swedish National Championship last year. And he was on Omnitel. I think he was in the finals as well with Omnitel, if, if I'm not mixing them up but i think it's the same opponent he is on omni <laughs> he has oh. he has uh, snow covered lands and he's on that like bant mid-rangey omni deck with attractions of course <laughs> he oh, actually yeah. he plays natural order as well so he can kill his oh yeah that's super cool yeah i love that tech he even plays i think birds of paradise or something like that and a, a, a few quattles yeah. yeah that's a super cool cool deck I remember when uh, blue-green Omnitel was all the rage. Yeah. And now they're just like, hmm, let's add white Atraxa and, uh, you know, let's put Teferi back in or stuff like that. I, I just think it's super cool. But the natural order package especially. Yeah, very nice. It's just like so synergistic with that deck. Yeah, and I, I guess you can sort of figure out how the game one is going to turn. 
I know sort of what he's on, so I, I mull to uh, a, a, as fast hand as possible. And on the turn where I'm about to make Merit Lage, he shows and tells. He plays Omni and then plays Atraxa from his hand. And, and it's all over. One of the cards that he reveals is a Teferi, and Teferi bounces Atraxa and he plays it again. Yeah, that's so nasty. Oh. And then he just like finds another attracts us. So he chains attracts us and, and Teferis. But you're like, I'm not conceding this game. No, because if, if he, he might whiff. Yeah, if if he had whiffed, I actually had a plow for his Atraxa and and Merit Leech on the on the coming. So like I, I was not going to concede until I saw Emrakul being cast. Yeah, let's let's see this person with uh, how many cards is it? Twenty cards Plus cantrips and change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think that uh, like the the deck was built as such that he could chain Atraxa a lot. It was a little bit like yeah. you know th- when you played uh, Teferi and Venser and you can just like draw your whole deck. Yeah, exactly. It's quite similar to that. But I think that he was only playing one Emrakul in the whole deck. So I mean, there was of course some chance that he would not find it. But uh, but like each time an Atraxa landed, it was not just a new Atraxa, it was also a Ponder and a Brainstorm, and you know... <laughs> or an Impulse, or yeah, yeah, right. like uh, yeah. just all kinds of nasties. Yeah, so uh, uh, obviously wins that. In game two, I have a Red Elemental Blast in my starting hand. I have Force of Vigor, I keep it. I think my turn one play is a Reclaimer, and my two turn two play is Hold Up, Red Blast, and play a Safekeeper. And then on my third turn... I make a huge mistake. I attack with my safekeeper. <laughs> no! Wow. He plays a Quattle and blocks it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. This safekeeper is going to come back and haunt me because uh, he plays a show and tell. I counter it with a red blast. And then I make Merit Leech and he has a Quattle as a blocker. So I need to either attack in it or fetch a Sajir step with my Reclaimer. And I go for the Reclaimer line, and he has a plow in his hand. And the Merit Lage is dead. <sighs> and uh, from there on, I just lose the momentum. And he draws into... I know, don't know if it's Natural Order or if it's another show and tell. But from there on, he, he just takes over the game. Two pretty big mistakes from my part in that game. Attacking with a Safekeeper that would have just prevented the plow line completely and also maybe just attacking with Merit Lage killing the Quattle and waiting for the next turn and just holding up Reclaimer as an uh, Mother of Runes-esque kind of card would have been better. Yeah, but it's always so tricky in these spots. I mean, sure, with with all the cards on the table, we know what probably the best line would have been, mm. but also they are a show-and-tell Omni-deck. Yeah. There's only that long you can wait. Yeah. In another parallel universe, the Stockholm Legacy Report uh, <laughs> equivalence is sitting there and you're like, okay, so I wanted to keep my swords protection up and he just went show-and-tell omniscience, chained everything. Yeah, I was going for the kill, yeah. yeah. In my opinion... I think going for the kill and losing is more satisfying than playing passively and them drawing out of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a much, you know, the car ride home is a bit less lonely yeah. when you at least lived, you you know, you, tried you went to win. out there, yeah. you tried to win, you swung and you miss. I mean, at least you tried to live a little. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not. I'm not swinging with my uh, <laughs> with my little uh, safekeeper ever again. No, I thought I. I mean, you have played against 
me on a million quattle decks. So when I heard you're like, I attacked with my safekeeper, I'm like, Robin, Robin, <laughs> why are you doing this? But I've, I've done that against you as well. I, I don't think yeah, I don't I don't think I value that guy enough. I, you should learn. I should learn. It's never worth <laughs> it. Something like it doesn't stick in the brain. <laughs> one damage. It's one damage. You have a twenty twenty combo in your deck. Just yeah. don't leave that one damage out of it, yeah. man. Yeah, so stupid. Yes, stupid. But you, you know, I'm I'm also trying to be a little bit less of uh, a combo player or or a control player. I'm trying to learn how to to like do small attacks. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, this, yeah, is, this also... is a good learning experience than how not to do small attacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And like, uh, so we learned doing, something, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, doing small attacks in the right matchups, I think, is very crucial. But against a show-and-tell deck that has uh, removal for your best wing con, that might be, might be tricky. Yeah. Yeah, and he said that afterwards that when I attacked with his with my safekeeper, he knew that he had won this game because he had the plow in his hand from the, the entire yeah, time. Man, it's brutal. Yeah, man, it's brutal. He shouldn't have said that. Rude. <laughs> we'll yeah, ban him. now that, that's fine. <laughs> it was my mistake. So, I am 3 and uh, 1, and off to the final game. And this is against the reigning champion, Gustav Bistet. Oh, reigning Swedish national champion. Friend of the pod. And the boss. He has proxied up Sharkstill. Mm-hmm. The idea is to uh, practice playing blue cantrips a little bit more. He's, he's known for being a Maverick, Maverick player otherwise. I am on a Mad- Maverick-esque deck so like he's the mentor here right so on game one i'm on the draw i move my first hand because the only green source is the dried arbor and like i know that if i play a dried arbor against him i know that he will kill it because he he, he knows like how shaky the mana base in this kind of deck is i think and uh, th- that's such a sign of weakness so i can't keep that instead I keep a, la- a hand with a mox. So hear me out. He starts his game and play fetch and pass the turn. I play my mox. He fetches and play minor misstep. <laughs> Get caught, man. <laughs> and he wins from there because <laughs> I don't find any green mana. Minor yeah, misstep. Col- <laughs> that colored source. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny so that's a quite a, a fast game i mean i don't concede at that point but you know i don't get anything going he has to earn it yeah he has to earn it and that's a little bit of a mistake because we get into a super grindy game too where i have like a few creatures i have a plow i have a blast and i i like blast his narset on the stack he kills my creatures and we just trade resources with each other not having uh, a lot of cards in hand and i have just a lot of lands in play i got the dark depths and stage going but he has a caracas and a needle on wasteland and then he ends mm. up with an R set that uh, sort of gets him going he lands a standstill and then he plays a saga from his hand and i guess that he thinks that he's going to take this game oh i i hear i hear one ma- one <laughs> massive flaw in this plan and that's uh, giving you ursa saga yeah. with your stage yeah 
So I actually copy the Ursa Saga with the stage and make a construct. And then before it's sacrificed, I copy one of his planes. <laughs> mm. So I have, a, I have a basic land that is a construct creator, construct factory. And he actually lands back to basic as well. But I have mocks, I have my basic forest in play, and I also have these basic planes that just makes uh, constructs. Yeah, that that don't matter. <laughs> That's so sick, like, that the, <laughs> that the construct pooping machine is a planes basic planes also yeah that's that is just it's just magical that's yeah. just magic so that's that that it feels like cheating so like yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sh- cheating yeah <laughs> of like the the construct pooping yeah it feels like yeah cheating. So, so like sheeping <laughs> <laughs> well i start make uh, constructs and they grow bigger and bigger at some point i have blocked all of his constructs so he doesn't have any constructs anymore and i have also attacked his narset and th- this is when he realizes that he must take action or he will lose so he cracks his own standstill and since oh, i have killed lovely. the narset i get to draw the cards one of the cards that I draw is a Force of Vigor, so I can Force of Vigor, the Needle, and the Back to Basics, and I'm oh. out of his look. <laughs> oh, man. I waste his Caracas, and I land Minskin Boo, and from there on, I can win. So he was, like, he was so sure that he was going to win this game. <laughs> yeah, it was... That Ursa Saga destroyed everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, all of this took a lot of time, and uh, time is called. We have just like one minute to play before time is called our third game, and we we can't finish it in time. We get to draw the final game. Still sounds like that game too was the most epic game this whole tournament. Yeah, for sure. From my point of view, (laughs) at least it was. Yeah, yeah, from your point of view. Yeah. Oh. In game one, maybe for him, you know, getting to minor misstep your only green source. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> That's brutal. brutal. Super brutal. Yeah, so it was very nice tournament, very nice arrangement all, all together. Going 3-1-1, one, and one, I won back my uh, fee for participating. And I traded in uh, for, uh, like, a little bit of uh, cardboard to take home as, as a memory from the tournament. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, so very cool. Hoping to see more tournaments in Eskilstuna because, uh, like, we we have our league, of course, here in Stockholm, but they're popping up more and more legacy events in the broader Stockholm Plus region. What what do you call it? <laughs> Southeast Sweden, you can also say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mälardalen. <laughs> so for us going the next time, what meta game should we expect? A lot of blue decks, of course, as usual. A lot of, you know, like uh, Uro piles and that kind of stuff. It was plenty of those. And then quite a few reanimated players, some 8 cast, and a lot of show and tell at this particular event. Mm-hmm. A lot of Atraxas. That was my takeaway with the, with the metagame. Yeah, I think it's super fun to hear that uh, this was, you know, a very proxy-positive event. Just promoting the game rather than following the rules of wizards of the coast you know just they created an amazing game let's just play it that's the best part and i love that whole sleeving up story yeah the tardiness loss (laughs) it reminds me of so many nights you know growing up you didn't have money for certain cards you were just sitting there with your scissors and you were actually cutting but i didn't have a nice printer but you know still cutting out small paper pieces to put into your 
sleeves and stuff like that. It's very nostalgic. Yeah, and, and make, making a little doodle on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember my hull breachers and ragavans right. I made the, during the pandemic when we were playing on webcam. Yeah. I made some really sick art for those. And I also think like prox- proxying events like this is, is really cool to have. I, I like to have both. I think that is the best environment when there are some non-proxy events and there are some proxy events because at the proxy events like people can test out legacy and see if they like it and then if they go to a lot of proxy events eventually they will also want to go to the other events and that will give them an incentive to buy into the format and become more like invested and and, and all that so I, I like having like both events in, in the vicinity so to say i think that's really good for the format i actually think allowing proxies makes more people want to actually buy physical cards i don't even need to see you know a like what can you say circuit of non-proxy tournaments as the incentive eventually because i think people who play legacy especially from my point of view when they start getting that itch it's only the beginning like it's the gateway you start wanting the physical cards it's like the pull Maybe maybe it's like that. I, I've heard from like the vintage community that when they have run only proxy events, like people have not really been they haven't have not lingered in the format, so to say. Mm-hmm. And and that, that could be a problem if if you can only proxy or if you can o- always proxy, I should say. But uh, I don't know. I, I like the way we have it right now with proxy events and the non proxy events. I think it's fine. For sure. More legacy. And that is all we have for this episode. In the next one, we hope to report back from 30th April, the Valpurgis Night Tournament at Alpha Spell, who will claim the European Legacy Masters spot and, of course, uh, the, the free spot in the league finals from the local league. Let us know in our Discord if you are coming to this event. Uh, there's a link in the episode description, as always. And in addition to Discord, you can hit us up on Twitter. We are at Legacy. Also personally present on social media. Robin, where can our listeners get metagame recommendations and quattle miseries from you? <laughs> you can hear all about my misplays and uh, other stories on Twitter, of course. I am Yaka underscore Bo. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter as, as well at uh, monolithmtg. And if you want to hear all about how it feels to play reanimator into a slew of blue decks you can find me at disco drogo and that is the end of the 86th episode of stockholm legacy report thank you robinson Sian and christoph wikstrom i am victor burns special thanks to you for listening the great furnace has written their music if you want you can find more of their work on spotify until our next episode keep the lights on at your local game store buy their stuff